0: suncast is brought to you by sungrow providing clean power for all suncast is also brought to you by trina solar episode 98 of suncast
1: when apple comes in google comes in you know all these companies and there's actually a research done that if there was an apple energy sold 70 percent would actually buy it it's not about the source you know or the tech it's about the customer this
0: is suncast in every battle there's a front line on that front line are warriors whose courage and action shape the outcome of the battle. The world is currently engaged in a literal power struggle, a battle in global energy as it evolves from fossil fuels to renewable energy. Suncast is a conversation with solar warriors on the front lines, building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. We learn their secrets to personal and professional growth, market development and industry insights. And now, join Solar Industry Veteran, Latin America Fanatic, and your host, Nico Johnson. Welcome to Suncast, Solar Warriors. I'm your host, Nico Johnson, and I'm so glad that you're back with me again this week. I've heard you loud and clear, and I'm going to work to shorten up these intros. So thanks for tuning in, and get ready for your weekly mental tune up. Today on Suncast, I'm going to dig into the topic of branding what it is, how to measure it, when and why it's important. And I've invited a guest who is an expert on that topic. Stay tuned to learn what is branding, why Frederick Larson got a PhD in branding a commodity of all things, the two key aspects to consider, differentiation and segmentation, and how you can incorporate and measure a brand strategy to increase your bottom line. If you believe in what Suncast is bringing to the world, would you please head over to mysuncast.com, subscribe to the mailing list, and click on the Become a Member button so you can learn how to become more involved in our tribe. Suncast is brought to you by CPS America, also known as Chent Power Systems, the U.S. market share leader of three-phase string inverters with over two gigawatts shipped in Americas. CPS is known for feature-rich high-performance inverters, and its nimble service team supporting commercial industrial and utility applications. If you're worried about your current inverter supplier, or if you're just stuck with a legacy leader, then take a look at CPS. They're investing in America, and you can count on them. All right, Solar Warriors, thanks again for setting aside this time in your day. Please enjoy yet another episode of Suncast. This time, it's all about how to brand your energy business. With our resident expert, Frederick Larson. All right, Solar Warriors, buckle your belts. We are going to enter into a conversation that some of you may feel comfortable with, others, perhaps need to learn a little bit more about. We're going to pull you right-brained folks into the creative side of business, talk a little bit about how this can and will help the bottom line of your companies. We are going to go into the conversation with an expert on the topic of energy branding. Mr. Friedrich Larson, the CEO of Larson Energy Branding, is joining us today from His homeland of Iceland. He is a PhD in the topic of energy branding, one, uh, perhaps the only in the world. He's an author. He uh, has published on the topic of energy branding and he runs an event on that very topic. He has consulted with major companies throughout the world, has studied both in the US and in Europe. And today, We are going to learn everything that we can about his understanding of how branding can be harnessed for the energy sector. Frederick, welcome to Suncast. Thank you. Indeed. So I'll start with something a little more high level. First, congratulations to the Vikings for a very exciting year on the global stage of football as we are currently in World Cup fever. Uh, Perhaps when this publishes, we won't. But nonetheless, the congratulations are uh, merited as our own uh,
1: footballers from the United States didn't arrive this year. (laughs) We are very proud of our team. And, you know, that they made it there is an accomplishment. And the whole country, 300,000 of us are quite proud.
0: And I imagine that it will be yet another thing that the country as a whole leverages from a branding perspective. You know, many may not know it, but Iceland is one of only a handful of countries which obtain essentially all of your electricity from renewable sources. So, again, thanks for the leadership there. I'm surprised, though, from a branding perspective, that Iceland doesn't leverage that fact a little more heavily. It's certainly
1: helping increase Costa Rica's media exposure. What do you think of that? No, I think this is an excellent first point you make there. I totally agree with you. And I'm lobbying for it here that we should be talking about this day in, day out. And this should be our theme line in our positioning statement. But, you know, then you have politics and then you have stuff that interferes with professionalism. But Costa Rica is doing good, actually. It's a, it's a good example of how you should do it. Another good, another good example is Denmark. They have their Denmark state of green. Spending money on branding is money well spent. Absolutely. And we will talk
0: about why that statement is true. So we've used the word branding. Before we go further, I'd love to hear from a doctorate on the subject. How should one think
1: about branding? How might you define that word? Branding is a very loaded concept. And the first thing that comes up normally when people think about branding is a color or a logo. Right. Actually, majority of people would actually think that. They're not incorrect, but that's just a small, small portion of what branding is. Branding is a philosophy. It's a philosophy of how you conduct yourself and do business. It's how you, you know, think about your consumers, how you communicate, what you communicate, to what groups you communicate, instead of a generic, generic approach. Let, I mean, the most famous example, of course, is Henry Ford. He, he said that you could have any color that you want as long as it's black. We passed this 100 years ago, actually. So, uh, But a lot of companies in the energy space are still thinking like this. They are kind of not understanding the opportunities of actually use efficient branding or, or and marketing, for that matter. And I find that a lot of folks
0: tend to confuse the idea of branding and marketing. Branding is a subset of marketing, sort of largely. Uh, it's an aspect of how one presents a message In particular, how it's pertinent to either a specific brand, a company, or a segment. So perhaps let's drill down on that and just talk about kind of the basics of marketing, which sort of fundamentals or know who you're talking to. Can we just broadly speak on branding as it relates to the energy industry? Perhaps we'll touch on some of the typical
1: touchstones of green and, and the like. Let me start 10 years ago, basically. And I'm, I'll go into why I decided to do this. Ten years ago, eleven years ago to be exact, I was thinking, okay, now it's time to write my PhD. And uh, but I wanted, since I'm a professor of marketing, I didn't want to uh, write about something that was only appealing for the academia. I wanted to have practical relevance. And I, I looked over the field and say, okay, where is an academic and professional knowledge needed? And I saw, and I looked at the telecoms, and I saw how that market had. Revolutionized. I mean, it's just a, totally a different ball game, bit, bit different business models, different way of conducting business. So I said, okay, the next market that will go down this route is energy, and uh, it will be a decade or so. I didn't know the time, of course, but it's about now. I think it's, it's it started already. A lot of rebranding is going on, but I wanted to be ready with relevant knowledge of the field to kind of contribute to that field. So. I decided to see how the energy consumer behaves differently from a household consumer or a moving consumer good or whatever you know, people buy. Because branding is not a generic thing. It's based on basically two foundations, differentiation and segmentation. So you have to segment your market and you have to be different from everybody else. And again, this is the foundation of marketing and branding. Let's just don't mix the two, just talk about branding because they are so related. And it means that you have to know your customer. And in energy, that's not such a common thing. And it's interesting because the energy companies have tra- traditionally spoken about the customers as a load or a meter or an endpoint. I'm not a load. I'm not a meter. I'm not an endpoint. I'm a person of flesh and blood. And I choose based on feelings, not not only rationality. So the, the emotions and the feelings, they need to be thrown into the mix in terms of energy. It's not just about rationality. So branding, when you build a brand, let's talk about actually building, you have a building plus of branding, you have to set up a foundation that both tends to the rationality and the feelings. And if you align this properly in a pyramid, if you will, then you will have resonance on the top. And when you have resonance, then you have brands like Apple. People love Apple. People only drink Coca-Cola. People kind of engage with brands. And that's the highest level of branding accomplishment. Can that be done in energy? I don't know. It will be very, very hard because there are much fewer engagement points. Energy is the same thing for everybody. So the electrons won't change, but you can still do a lot of good things with marketing and branding and make money off it in energy. So a couple of areas that I want to
0: explore are when... There are kind of two segments, folks who refer to energy, and they're talking about sort of big energy, the large utilities, and the creation and distribution of energy. And then there are those who think about energy at the retail level, both the transaction level with the consumer, as well as those who are disintermediating the latter category through solar and and the like. From a marketing perspective, we tend to get mixed up with the idea of branding as a company versus branding as a source. Can we touch on that topic and, and highlight the salient benefits of thinking about branding as a
1: company versus as a source? I mean, if you look at branding as, a, as an academic field, there are a lot of uh, fields, obviously, and, and they are business-to-business branding, business-to-consumer branding, corporate branding, service branding, a lot of different things. But the main difference between branding a product and a corporation is that the cooperation is more holistic? It takes into the case the cooperation, how it behaves out there, and you know that. But but the most, just to give you an example that I people can actually relate to is uh, when you think about Procter and Gamble, it's an iconic brand company, but it, they don't make Procter and Gamble Head and Shoulders, or or you know they make a lot of different brands, yeah. which are just standalone brands. And then you think about Kellogg's. Kellogg's mm-hmm. makes Kellogg's Rice Krispies, Kellogg's cornflakes, Kellogg's this and that. So they have actually have the brand name in their products. So there, there aren't any right or wrongs. It's just how you think about it. Yeah. And Procter & Gamble does not brand itself. It brands their products. So, I mean, that's, that's the main difference. And in, in, in energy, actually, like the EONs and ETFs and, and all those big ones, they, they brand themselves as companies. And like, like think about NT or Eon, yeah, they might actually name these two because they might actually be the energy super brands of the future if they succeed. and they are on that route, and they are doing fine job in it. so and they are not nearly as known as Shell or or BP or BP or Total or any of them, but they are on the route of becoming corporate brands on their own right. but they will also be under that umbrella under their own name they will also brand products so it's a tricky thing it's not an either or so but in but in the energy space i think that you would have to start with a corporate brand and then you can start branding a products but branding the source is different it's a, a interest of mine to think about how you brand a source when i started the phd I wasn't gonna look into branding the source because it was an obvious source of differentiation. But then again, nothing is obvious when you you know dig into it. People can choose today, but they can even choose more freely in the, in the future. So solar the price for solar is dropping tremendously, and you know people will think maybe okay, so everybody will be buying solar in the future. There's even here in Iceland, people have solar on their roofs. So it's a, in Iceland, you know, we have darkness half the year. So, yeah, it's it's, an, it's interesting. It's, it's, also, it's sustainable, too. But uh, in the future, if you have vast infrastructure in the wind or geothermal or hydro, are you just going to close those things because solar might be cheaper? No. But you have to make sure that people still want to buy from your source. And the way to do it is to differentiate yourself. If you're hydro, for example, you can look into – hydro has a beautiful history. New York – prior to making energy from Niagara Falls was dusty and full of coal and ugly. You have clean energy, renewable energy, so electricity, which made... The, I'm, I'm speaking dramatic terms. I know that, but I'm just kind to of paint a picture. So it's a better place afterwards. And in that era, maybe 100 years ago, 50 years ago, hydro plants were built as temples almost because they created benefits from, from people. And if you look at the architecture of it, they actually are a monuments of accomplishment of how you made life better, so if you are hydro you can't you shouldn't uh, kind of look away from this because you should be branding the source, branding the history, looking at the time heritage. solar doesn't have this solar is new i mean it's relatively new, so they don't have a history like this, so they should be branding by using something else. what that is i'm not It's happening so fast i i don't know what kind of a brand history solar would be using and if they even are capable of using if there is an organization that you know has this on a worldwide level, I don't know if they can do it. You can actually brand the source very vividly. And if you're a wind, a wind is nice, but it's also frowned upon. Conceptually, it's nice to windmills that in the harness the wind to make energy. But you don't want that you know in your backyard. So it's not in my own backyard. Syndrome is very much alive, then you don't want it. It's a lot of issues to be thinking about and kind of, yeah. You touched on a couple of things
0: that I wanted to actually highlight and contemplate. There probably isn't a one global brand that has emerged yet from a renewables perspective that you would say is doing it well. But some that come to mind for me are broadly they're European. I think of the Italian utility Enel two French utilities, EDF and NG, and I think of uh, RWE, although to a slightly lesser extent, they're very much more a kind of stodgy German entity focused on R&D, but certainly they're killing it from an R&D perspective and have made some really good bets from an investment. Do you feel like there are great examples of, we'll look at utilities at the higher level, utilities that have done a great job with the notion of branding that perhaps a Latin American or US-based or North American-based utilities could learn from or should be learning from?
1: Yeah, I think so. In your intro, you mentioned that I host a conference on it. I've done it for two years now. And the third year, this year, it's called Charts Energy Branding. My vision is to kind of just educate the energy space about why you should communicate. Branding is about communication. So that this conference is a communication conference. I bundle it into energy branding. And at the conference, we give out awards for the world's best energy brands. These awards, there's a panel of experts that kind of shortlist companies from around the world. And for the Kevin Keller, the one I mentioned, he's one of the guys in the panel. And, and a lot of high-profile people are in it. There are six categories. And then when we have a handful of companies in each category, we contact them and ask them if, and tell them about this and if, and if they want to proceed, because if they want to proceed, they have to share data with us, which, of course, is a sensitive matter. They have to write a case about themselves, and they have to send out a survey to their client base, which is based on my PhD. Yeah, So it's a benchmarking study that I've created. So I actually know the best brands in the world. And last year, the best brand in the world in terms of the incumbents is Eon. It's a fact. I'm not saying it. That the empirics is saying it. That's fantastic. I didn't realize there was empirical data on this. Yeah, no, no, there is. And also, uh, from uh, the challenge perspective, the best challenge brands is Ovo of UK. And they were actually one also in 2016. So they are a very interesting brand. And they are all about knowing their customer base. And when you walk into their headquarters, you walk into their culture. It's very unique. It's, it's, it's branded from the inside out. Another really interesting example is PowerShop. From New Zealand, and uh, and we actually publish this. We, we'll sell we sell these reports for a very low price, actually, because it's our again, it's our risk to kind of promote what we are doing. So I could tell you the best distribution brand, best transmission brand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You
0: state in some of the literature that in the energy sector, it's possible to incorporate branding in a way that increases ROI for your marketing budget and your bottom line. Would you help us gain? Clarity on what you mean by that and how exactly it's measured.
1: So uh, I'm a branding guy. I believe in branding and this belief is based on science. It's based on what I researched. And uh, so when I started going out and spreading the word, if you will, and, uh, and then I spoke about branding, like everybody should know what it is. But I soon learned, of course, people don't know what it is. So when I went to the States for the first time, the Americans very bluntly asked me, So what's the ROI of your services? So I wasn't really prepared for the question because, hey, it's branding, you know it works. So I had to go back a little bit and do actually do some studies. And I went into generics. I went to the stock markets and I measured how good brands based on interbrand and those metrics that are out there, how did they perform in relation to companies that were not just a good brands? So the bottom line, there's... The average stock price was higher with everything else equal than those who weren't measured as high brands. So that's how I know how to do it. But there's an interesting story I will tell you. I forget who was asked, but uh, let's say a famous CEO was asked, how do you know if you're spending your money on marketing wisely? He said, well, I don't really know, but I, I, I know that half of the money I spent on marketing is money well spent. The problem is, I just don't know which half. So, you know... It's very easy to throw away money on marketing. It's easy to burn money on marketing right. and kind of justify it by saying, hey, this is good for our image. So when I talk about branding as a good thing, it matters how you do it. Just spending money on, on marketing or, or some kind of promotion or, or sponsorships or whatever, that's not branding. That's just spending money like a, out of random, if you will you have to have a really strategic approach of what your brand is going to be about. It filters everything you do. It filters how you spend money on marketing. It filters how you how you hire people. It filters how people behave in your organizations because branding is from the inside out and outside in. So in terms of return on investment, I just, to answer your question, it's just empirically, it's been proving that it actually makes money if you do it wisely. But then again, a lot of, People don't do it wisely.
0: So to pull on that thread a bit, if I am managing a marketing budget for an American brand, what few things might I consider as I'm incorporating a branding strategy into the marketing budget? And then how would I convince the executives that I'm going to be able to know that it's money well spent and be able to empirically show them that it's having an an impact?
1: The major obstacles for most companies is actually what you just said. The marketing person understands it. But branding doesn't have airtime on the boards because it's just do not considered relevant. It's considered belonging to some other fields, fast-moving consumer goods, not us in energy because we are good in operations. We are good in you know, connecting things. We are good in engineering. And that's the fallacy of the whole thing. And the fallacy is that uh, people in energy tend to think that if they look to history, they look to the past 10 years, they can prophesize the next 10 years to be similar, which is totally wrong because the markets are changing faster than they've ever changed. If you want to be the Kodak of energy, by all means, just do what you've been doing, and then you go bankrupt. If you don't want to, if you want to change, if you want to actually understand how the winds are blowing, then understand the customers. I mean, the tax will change, technology will change, but people's needs and wants won't change that much. Understand them, make products that, you know, appeal to the, that they want, and you will be better off, basically. You know, I was thinking, how can I actually make people or help people understand why branding is important, you know, in terms of CEOs or the people on the board? And in the Americans, have, they talk about the energy space of it. So, okay, energy space. And I thought, okay, to my mind came the old arcade from 1974, Space Invaders. I don't know if you know it, but yeah, of course. It's, it's like. There are aliens coming down, doom. Slow and slow, they'll come down and you'll you'll hold them up for a while, but they'll end up killing you. So I said, okay, can I mix this? I I thought I'll mix energy space and create energy space innovators. So instead of the aliens that are coming down, I put the modern energy space innovators. That's Amazon, that's Apple, that's Google, and that's IKEA even. And I, I've, uh, you can actually link to this. I have this on, if you Google energy space in charts, you'll probably find you know me talking about this. It helps people to understand that if you try to fight aliens with sticks and stones, you'll probably lose because they have tech. Those who will be fighting in the energy space are not your next-door friend, utility neighbor. That's aliens with weapons that actually, and that strong weapon is understanding the customer.
0: As we wrap up here, what resources might someone who is trying to begin incorporating branding as a part of their strategy, would you recommend they look at?
1: The problem with uh, energy branding, and that's the coin that I phrased, I, I didn't do anything in particular except just take two words and join them. But empirically, there's very little available. So when I, when I started it, there was hardly anything available. I think I've incorporated everything that was ever written when I published my PhD in 2014. So if you want to really dig into energy branding, you read the PhD or the book that I wrote, Harnessing Consumer Power, Energy Branding. That's an easier read. But then again, you have the whole stream of literature of branding.
0: Well, Friedrich, I have learned a great deal and I feel that going to Iceland in September is a not completely out of the question topic for, <laughs> for me now. I actually feel like that's an event where I would not only meet leaders in this space, but be able to learn a whole lot more about the topic of energy branding. I have two questions for you around that. One, would you just mind letting the, the Suncast listener know more about the event, how they could find out about it? And where and when it's going to be, and then as someone who has been considering now a trip to Iceland, I recently tweeted a really cool way to get a three-day layover on the way to London for under five hundred, which I intend to do. Iceland Air is uh, is fantastic for that because they want to promote folks staying in Iceland. Perhaps we'll finish with a not to miss thing that perhaps you won't find in the guidebooks while I'm there in Reykjavik.
1: Well, since you mentioned Iceland Air, then Iceland is our official airline partner. The conference takes place 24th, 25th September of this year. If you go online and and Google www or put in your browser www.branding.energy, then you'll get the conference. The goal of the conference is to get thought leaders together. And those who have attended so far in the previous two years are pioneers. They are pioneers because they come to a place far up in the Atlantic to talk about a subject nobody's spoken about before energy branding, and because they, they envision how the energy space is is moving and those who attended are actually this is just an idea of mine and I didn't intend for this to be so large i just wanted to get you know 50 of my friends together but it didn't turn out 250 people came and and uh and more more have signed up this year so uh, it's the perfect way to have an intimate networking with your peers and it's it very and if you're a CEO, you can't leave because there are no evening flights out of the island, so you have to network anyway, and you'll get a perfect content. And if you think about a conference, you want good content, you want good networking. And, that's your, and 94% of those who actually have attended, they come again or strongly recommend. So I'm very proud of that, actually.
0: Very cool. Very cool. It sounds like a fantastic event. I regret to say that I won't be able to attend this year. I was just looking at the calendar and it coincides, unfortunately, with uh, the Solar Power International event, as you probably are no doubt uh, aware. But if for some reason you, as you're listening, are trying to decide whether to go to SPI or Iceland in uh, late September, I know what my vote would be if I weren't already obligated to, to Anaheim. Frederick, thank you so much for taking the time here today with our Solar Warriors on Suncast.
1: My pleasure. Thank you. When we step into the project, we're really looking to deploy early stage capital. We want to deploy that capital from there all the way until notice to proceed and or through construction as required. Most of our exits are occurring at pre-NTP or at NTP.
0: Hey, that was a clip from the upcoming Tactical Tuesday with Mike De La Gala, all about early stage project development. Stay tuned next week. And thanks for checking out today's episode, Solar Warriors. And hey, while I still have your attention, I'd like to say thank you again. The fact that you are still listening, it means that you really enjoy the work we're bringing to life. If that's true, would you consider becoming a member of the Suncast tribe? A quick shout out to new tribe members, Rick Evans, Jennifer Alfson, and Marco Lopez. You see, every week now, we're getting new members. You can join them. Just go to mysuncast.com forward slash member to see what all the fuss is about. I look forward to formally welcoming you into the tribe as well, my friend. And thanks again for showing up. It is half the battle.